Focus on Women's podcast. We are an organization working to give women in the creative world of photography, videography, styling, art directing, and more a seat at the table. Through community networking, workshopping, and mentoring, we hope to provide support for all the women in our industry. This first series of interviews, we will talk to artists and creatives about how they got started, what were some of their challenges as females working in a male-dominated industry, what drives their passion and creativity, and how will they be speaking up for the generation ahead. Today's guest is Smita Mahanti. She is a Bay Area lifestyle photographer that shoots editorial and commercial work. She is originally from Michigan, went to college in Madison, and then went to grad school in Austin, Texas. Hi, Smita. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So we're going to just launch in, and we'd love to hear how you got started in photography, because it wasn't the traditional route. You know, when I was uh, nine years old, I got a Kodak disc, and somebody once told me later on down the line that when you ask a nine-year-old a fourth grader, what do you want to be when you grow up? Generally, that answer that they say is something that resonates very deeply inside of them and hopefully will be true at some point one day. It's their true love. Um, You can ask my nine-year-old right now. He wants to be an NBA player. Not sure if that's going to happen. He might be the first Indian Jewish NBA player, but that's great. Um, But for me, it was photography. Um, I grew up in a family that was incredibly supportive. My parents immigrated here. My dad came in 1968, my mom in 72. Um, And I always used to see life through images. Um, I would look at National Geographic magazines because we'd have stacks of them and feel the emotions that were emitting off the pages. However, you know, I've got a Kodak disc and I would take many photos but film was very expensive and I never really realized that photography was something I could carve into a career way down the line. Um, so fast forwarding to, you know, college and, and grad school, I ended up majoring in educational policy. I worked in higher ed, um, but I still loved the idea of making images. I can't stop I couldn't stop looking out the window and looking at window panes and it always looked like an image to me or um, the way light falls on people. And when you, you know, I lived in New York City in my mid twenties and one of my favorite times was sunset in Union Square because there was this pocket that the sun would hit. And if you stood against the wall, everybody that walked through this pocket just lit up and it was astounding, Um, but still, It wasn't something I thought I could build into a career until I had my first baby um, in 2005. And I opted to stay home, not go back into higher ed and just be present with my kid. But I felt that I couldn't share his story of growing up with anybody. This was totally dating myself, but this was before iPhones. Um, well, I didn't have an iPhone. This was before Facebook or Instagram. I think MySpace might've been the platform at that time, but I, I really wasn't on social media, but I wanted to make images. So my husband, who's a public defender for the city of San Francisco, um, could just see what I was seeing. So we could kind of experience this 
magical but incredibly lonesome thing called parenting because I didn't have any friends out here. Um, and that's how I would start sharing images. And it became this domino effect, I guess. You know, people started asking me, who took your baby's photos? And I was like, oh, I did. You know, I'll come over, let's hang out, play date, anything to get out of our apartment in the Castro. I had never, prior to having a baby, was one to be at home. Um, and that just started... You know, it just started growing from families and kids. And then one year, somebody asked me to shoot a wedding and I kept photographing people. Um, and then I would say the very first time I had any kind of professional development was um, when I did a workshop after the birth of my third kid. So after baby one, my husband gave me this cool bracelet. After baby two, I got a super cool 50 millimeter lens. And when I came home with baby three, there was a set of basic lights on the dinner table with a post-it on it. And it said, now it's your turn. And that was for my husband. And that's kind of where I got my start. Um, and I have been capturing images and people, my friends through preschool, anytime I want to try something new. I'm incredibly thankful to my friends who I'll just call up and say, hey, can I try something? And they've been so open and kind and and just such positive feedback, um, especially from my mama, my girlfriends, my girls, um, because there are many times as my career started taking off where I'd be stuck in traffic and I need to do a pickup um, and my tribe or my village was always there to help me out. And I don't think as a woman in this industry and a mother, I would have been able to do what I'm doing right now if it wasn't for the help of, of my friends. Wow. That's a great story. I have chills about your husband doing that with the lights. That was fantastic. Um, and such a non-traditional way of becoming a photographer. I mean, I do think there are plenty of photographers out there who don't necessarily study it and end up finding it their way back to it or there's those who do study it and go straight into it and um and it's just nice to hear how you motivate how where you got your motivation and your passion came from your children having children and wanting to share that with the you know the outside relatives and people that didn't live close to you so that's very cool let's talk a little bit more then about once you got all the great equipment and how did you get out from the wedding and the kind of baby portrait type of photography and move it to more commercial work? A lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of persistence. I think that it is an uphill battle. It, is, it does not happen overnight. When I got those first set of lights, I had no idea what I was doing. And as I started to develop my own style, and I think this is something really important, is you gotta be true to yourself. I tend to shoot dark. I love it when, I love it when people don't smile at me. I think that when they give that to me, it really tells a story. I shot a lot. I worked my but off. After I did that first workshop, I continued to practice. And anybody 
that needed photography done, I would say, hey, let me help you out. And I also got lucky. I think there's times where just opportunity comes into play and you have to kind of swallow all those fears you have and jump in and realize that what's the worst somebody can say to you? It's no. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not talented. It doesn't mean that you're not a good photographer. It just means no. So you have to be able to move on and have a thick spine. Really over the last couple of years, it's been taking a minute and connecting with the right people. And I didn't realize this until a few years ago that in this industry, you have to be seen. Um, and what that means is you have to carve out the time to go to an event or it, like, that's how I met you, Tracy, right. or, um, take the time to push your social media and, and talk about yourself. Um, I think it's hard for us to sell ourselves at times as photographers and also be really on top of what's happening right now by research go in there, dig in, figure out who's where, you know, I have a continuous list of brands that are my like dream brands, brands that I can, you know, even local businesses that I stop in sometimes and I'll just have a card with me and say, let's play. I think another important thing to really start pushing into this next level is realizing that collaborative work and just bringing together creative people to, to create imagery that's compelling and, and a challenge to yourself is really important because people start noticing that. And yes, there is no pay in that. <laughs> there is no pay in doing a shoot or, but if there is an idea, I think if you're waiting for that, that, you know, magic matrix pill to happen, you're just going to shoot out there and all of a sudden everybody's going to be calling you. It's really not that that's not how it happens. Um, one of the reasons why we do this and I remember being at a workshop once and, and everybody talking about this was just picking up a call and suddenly like could be a big job or a small job and the ideas start flowing. And that I think is the fuel, but it's persistence. And I'm always struggling with this, like sending out promo cards, follow-up calls, call, cold calling people saying no <laughs> multiple times. And then just you wrap back around, probably not going to remember you six or eight weeks later. So try something else. But I think you have to realize that, that is a full-time job on top of the creative stuff and on top of actually shooting. And I've had so many incredible photographers that I've met along the way, because I feel at, at times I am still very green in this industry, just give such incredible advice. And I think that's what we need to remember as photographers is it's not always a competition between each other, but if you are confident in your work and you shoot what, the way you do and you start creatively talking with other photographers, it's like we're all here to kind of help each other out. And it's amazing how people know each other in the community or if there's a job you can't get, there's always somebody that will be like, hey, I can't do this. This just happened recently. I can't take this big shoot on Tuesday every things ready? Is this something that you could do? And I think that is when you hit a point in your career where you're confident enough in your work, where you don't feel like you need to hide, you know, what you do or hide the way you shoot. 
And instead you're like, no, I'm happy to show you. And you just move on. I think that that's one of the things as a rep that I, I like about repping is I'm, I'm all about networking. I'm all about connecting. And obviously with focus on women, it's about the community and creating that um, sense of, like you said, it's not a competition. We're all in it together. And what can we do to help each other? There's plenty of work to go around. And why would I hide this from my fellow sister, you know, when my job is to uplift those people? So um, I think that's super, I think that's a really good thing to point out and a good thing to I think that's why, you know, you and I met was that and you came to our networking event. And I think that being open to all of that creates the space for things to happen and for things to come your way. And the more people you do connect with, the more, you know, work you hear about that you might not have heard about just by sitting there on your computer trying to figure out where someone's name from agency access or whatever. That's You have to kind of do it all. You can't just do one. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you feel about, you know, we're saying there's plenty of work out there, which I do truly believe there's plenty of work for everybody, but we are also sort of in an oversaturated market with Instagram and everyone having an iPhone. And do you have any, you know, things that stand out for you of ways that you try to really make yourself stand out and be different from all the other photographers? To be different, I think the most important thing is, once again, be true to your style and true to yourself. I think when people start emulating other photographers or when you're looking through Instagram, I mean, there are people on my feed that I don't even need to see their names. And I'm like, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. And it could be a food photographer. It could be a lifestyle photographer. It could be a commercial photographer. You're like, that is this person. And there's something about... There are images that make, there's an emotional pull as the viewer. That's what I try to do, create an emotional pull. I think human connection, and this is something that's being talked about all through the industry down to like our dinner table at home, is very, very rapidly deteriorating. And it's scary, but there's anybody really can take a good picture. I mean, the iPhone 10 is unbelievable. But to make a compelling image that makes somebody just kind of look at it on the inhale takes a minute. It takes a thought. It takes a feeling. It takes a need to want to tell a story without needing to explain it in so many words. You know, I just, I try really hard to, to shoot the way I've always shot. It's, it's organic to me. Um, if I see light, I'm always practicing. I think that is so important to keep on your toes. It's like a muscle, like anything else. If you don't work it out, it kind of, you know, deflates. And I think with photography, there are times I've had to put my camera down and take a step away from it. Um, I, I always call it my fourth, well, I guess if you count my dog, it'd be my fifth kid. <laughs> Because you have to hone your relationship with it. You have to hear and listen to it. You have to step back from it when you are not feeling that connection with the lens or the light. There's something in the creative process that's being blocked. And it's the same as when I need space from one of my kids or my husband or my dog or just everybody. It's just, and it's okay. It's okay to take a step back, put everything aside and just think 
about what is it I'm trying to do or why does this make me happy? Because I think there are times when you're constantly chasing the job or getting the right connection or trying to make an appointment or just real basic reality, money. Um, Mm -hmm. We sometimes forget, you know, where that seed is planted within us. And I've done that before. I've, when I've felt, I've had a feeling of this is too much. I have to sometimes put my camera down and then just revisit. And as a photographer, I think we are our biggest critics. Like you look at an image and you're like, that's awesome. And a week later, you're like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? That's awful. I can't even take it off of Instagram. And my husband once said to me, he was like, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, and I think, I think every year or so, and I just did this this year was I brought in an outer eye, you know, I worked at the branding agency to create my book. Um, and I took about a month and a half to dig through the archives and there was stuff in there that I was really proud of. And I, I forgot I had made this. It, it was incredibly exciting. And I, I gave myself a minute to be proud of myself and humbling like, okay, girl, you can do this. So I think it's just constantly to, to keep up and be interesting is um, knowing your boundaries with it. Because I think, you know, what's funny is I had gone to um, one of my kids' performances and I never photograph them and I never videotape them because I don't want to miss it. And somebody once asked me, I can't believe your camera's not here. Why aren't you photographing this? Because that's not what I need right now. And I think that's what I try to do with my images is have a viewer, just kind of going back to what you had asked me, just have a viewer be in that moment with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I can capture that, and it might not be the prettiest image, but if I can emit any type of raw emotion from somebody looking at my work, and it could be a photo that's never published, it's not for a job, but I feel like I've done my job. I remember a story, hopefully you're going to, you'll tell it for me, of a really great marketing idea you had that I just thought, oh my gosh, I really hope you did this. And it was about your daughter's jacket. Will you yes. Because that was a great marketing idea. And hopefully you've gone through with it. I'm halfway done. Okay. So thank you for following up with me. But yes, I would love to share this idea. So my daughter has this North Face jacket. It's the one everybody sees. It's just furry on the inside. Um, the first one was pink on the outside and she wears it everywhere. We just replaced it with the larger size, thankfully. But I noticed over the last six months, now she's going to go into seventh grade. And I noticed this jacket and I noticed this jacket is everywhere. I noticed it's the first thing she puts on in the morning. I noticed it's um, with her when she goes camping. I noticed that it's in her bed. And it made me think about this jacket as not just another, you know, hundred bucks I spent on a jacket, best hundred bucks, by the way. Ever. But why she was so connected to it. And I wanted to photograph that. I wanted to tell the story of the jacket through the eyes of the adventure that she's having in it. And I think with a lot of brands, sometimes when you look at their amazing ad campaigns, North Face included, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like every day is an adventure. But I think there are a lot of people 
that wear these amazing jackets and they have these adventures day to day, but they can't necessarily afford to go on top of a ski lift or go on these amazing like camping trips. And I just kept thinking about how this jacket is something inclusive. So what I've been doing, and I'm almost done, and um, is telling the story through the eyes of my daughter's jacket. And we've shot this jacket on the beach. We've shot it in the bed. It's on Hazel the dog. But I realized that it was more than just a jacket to her. It was this amazing piece of security that embraced her femininity, embraced her age, embraced this time of her life. And it made her feel so positive about who she was. Um, and I think for girls that are in middle school, it is amazing that and sad how much, you know, they're being thrown at, like, you need to be this way, look this way, act this way. This is in, this is not in. And for a lot of girls, there's this need to grow up really, really quickly when they're not quite ready yet. And it was really cool to watch this jacket, you know, still on top of whatever she was wearing, but it was still there. So I am just kind of pulling together a story log into agency access, find out who the people are, and just send them a story of my daughter because there's such a personal connection for me and this jacket. And actually, it's funny you brought it up. Just yesterday, I was in bed and she's all cleaned up, ready to go to bed, teeth brushed. And that jacket is like about to get into my clean bed. And I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, you need to take that jacket off. And she's like, but no, it's clean. I was like, oh, no. I was like, I know where that jacket's been and I need you to not bring it into my bed. So I think when you're looking into, it, into brands or somebody you really want to shoot for, find a personal connection. This is time consuming. This is an idea I've been working on for like three months. And just to pull together kind of like a compelling story is really hard. And But there are so many things I think as a photographer, you know, what we do is watch like I said, it's really easy at times to take a really cool photo, but to make an image that just connects with somebody, I think it takes heart. And that's what I try to do. I try to shoot with my heart. I love that. And I love that the the thought process of it and the, you know, you thought about that jacket because obviously you see that jacket a lot in many different ways. I think that that's a really important thing for photographers is, is sort of, how do you get across that you can create a story um, unless you're doing that in your personal work and showing that in different ways through your marketing? Um, and yes, they are time consuming, but so well worth it. And I'm, I'm sure you will get something from that project. I can't wait to hear who you land off the pink jacket story. <laughs> it's turquoise now. Oh, it's turquoise. She grew out of the pink one. We just went up a size. <laughs> nice. nice. Um, so let's talk a little bit about now that you're, um, starting to shoot commercially and you're sort of in, in the big world, do you feel any, um, differences between male and female photographers or what, you know, you, do you feel yourself bidding against the male photographer more often? Do you sense any price discrepancy or crew, you know, anything that you could share maybe with this world is daunting. Um, you know, when I first, you know, 
when you first start even thinking about making the leap, um, I think the first thing you really notice is there are not a lot of women out there that get this opportunity. Um, they're, you know, just even looking at reps, you're looking at reps and a lot of the rosters are 95% men. Um, there are very few people of color out there um, shooting for big campaigns. And you're, for me personally, it's, it's questioning what is my worth? Um, and you know, one of my friends told me this and gave me the best piece of advice. She is not a photographer. However, she is, she's her own business owner. She did huge events. Um, and then one of the big tech industries, tech giants, like scooped her up, grabbed her, and now she's working in-house doing insane things for them. But one of the first times that I needed to throw out a bid, you know, um, we went and had coffee and I said, I don't even know how to start. Like what number am I worth? And, you know, this is all based on somebody just taking a peek at my portfolio. Um, and when you're starting, any number is a good number. You're like, yes. Um, but she said to me, she goes, what would be the number? What's your dream number on this? And I put this number in my head. I just threw a number out. She's like, times that by three. That's your bid. And she's like, anytime you put in a bid, think about it. And because we are undervaluing ourselves as women. Um, we know that it's hard to get in there. We know that the competition's tough and we just really want that job. So the I think the first thing you tend to do is lower your asking price um, to get that job. Just saying, look, I can work just as hard. I can create amazing imagery. I am a people person, but putting that big number up there, it's like, oh my God, they're never going to, you know, and it, it sucks. I mean, I, it's too bad we're conditioned to think like that. I think there are very few female photographers and the ones that you just admire and look up to. And you're like, that's where I need to be. Cause you're just like, this is what I'm worth. And I think, I think we tend to forget that it's not just the number. The number doesn't represent just the production and the time and us, you know, making the images. There is so much work that goes in, you know, into it. And we're constantly thinking about creative ways to bring forth the best imagery we can for a client. And especially when you're trying to break into this industry, like I am, I mean, my first thought is just lower my price and I can like make sure that I can put it on a client list to make sure people know that, you know, I shop for this client, but then you're like, wait, hold on a second. And I'm learning that very much in this last six months, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be able to show my book around and fortunate enough to hook up with the rep who also is in that same kind of philosophy. Yes, I can get that job for you, but we don't want to set that as our bar. It is sometimes a like ugh, a kick in the stomach to watch that job go to somebody else, but there are other jobs and the job will come. And then when you, when people start seeing that you are worth what your worth is, that's when the magic happens. And obviously there are so many jobs I don't get, but I am starting to learn how that math happens. 
There are also jobs that I do because I love, like I love shooting for nonprofits, but true. I'm not going to say no to some of that because I believe in a cause. I think that we just have to remember it's not ego when, when I say like it's value, it's not, it's not ego talking. It's about being competitive. And I think we all see it and you see these amazing photographers and I follow and admire so many of them. But even when I look at my Instagram feed or the, the people that I admire or the people I learn from the most are men. And I, over the last year have been really starting to look at these incredible female photographers. And the one thing you'll see is they're really generous with their info and their insight. It's amazing. You know, they're, they share and they talk about their shoots and they talk about like how humbling it was to meet somebody and they talk about how hard it is. And I think for any photographer trying to break into this commercial industry, you know, thank you to all the women out there that are so open with all the information that they're ready to give because we are not a threat to each other. That's very important. Mm -hmm. I think so too. And what do you see um, for yourself in how you might help some women move forward? And that is such a great question. Helping women, helping women is just so important. This is a cycle. It's, fascinating to me and also sad that women from a very young age, you know, they're always in competition. It's either competition in school, competition to look the best, competition over some guy, friendships, drama, that needs to stop. And I think that as women grow older, well, or or even younger women, you know, why is it they always say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What'd you do? I'm sorry. You know, I tell my daughter, I'm like, don't say sorry until you've done something that you should be sorry for. You know, there's no reason for that. Just by sharing knowledge and sharing stories. I have friends who have daughters that are in high school. Um, My daughter's teacher reached out to me last year. Her daughter has taken interest in photography. She's amazing. She has been the best assistant I have ever had. And it's just showing and teaching and discussing, most importantly, sharing, just have confidence in yourself. You know, what do you need to do? Or critique, let's critique each other's work. We are always changing. And when everybody, if somebody's always like, oh my God, that looks great. You're like, no, it really doesn't. I need somebody to tell me that it doesn't look great because it doesn't, you know, or just talking about like having confidence, like walking in. I think the greatest thing to tell any photographer or any female, anybody is, Again, we said this before, what's the worst thing somebody's going to say to you? It's no, I mean, it can be crushing for like a second, but like move on. Because when you look at the number of people in the industry, there are so many people out there and you don't, um, this photographer, Leah Fasten once said this to me, you don't want everybody to like your work about 20% because that's who you want to hone in on. And that when she said that to me, it really resonated for a long time. It still does. You don't need everybody to like your work because the people that do like your work are the people that will understand your style, your story, your mission, your goals, and your heart as an artist. And that's what you want to do. And it is a long, arduous process. Um, And I think that's something that people need to understand that you can have talent, but if you don't ask for help, And if you don't know the industry, it's very difficult to figure out. 
and photographers like we're ready to like, yes, here, let me tell you, or try this or wait, you're supposed to send promo cards. How often I'm still learning all of this, you know, because it's constantly changing, but I think it's being generous with your knowledge and patience with people's questions. It only makes us better because it makes us go internally and ask ourselves, are we doing the best that we can at that moment as an artist? Thanks again, Smita, for joining us. It was so nice to hear your story. To learn more about Smita, you can find her at smitamahanti.com or her Instagram handle is mahanti.photo. Thanks to all of you again for tuning in. Please remember to check out our website at focusonwomen.org as well as subscribe to listen to more episodes on iTunes or Spotify. We'd love to see a review and hope that you will invite your friends as well. Stay safe and keep your creative juices flowing.